Hello and welcome to another episode of Chat with Nat. I am back with another episode today about family trauma. And you guys are like, girl, we have to move on from the family trauma. But how can we move on from family trauma? The only thing we have to do is cope and deal. Frustrating, I know. But first, I wanted to tell you guys, I'm a little um, congested today. The stupid weather in Georgia and we mowed our lawn, and I'm like, my husband and I are miserable, <laughs> but I want to know if anybody else does, if any, if, if this happens to anybody else at the nail salon, so, you know, I had talked about my ingrown toenail, and so I go to this nail salon, it's a walk-in nail salon, I used to make an appointment, but I like the aspect of walking in now. I had had this one lady do my nails one time and like usually it's not a big deal like I'm very happy with whoever I get just because I get gel and like I come back in two weeks but this lady in particular literally her station is a mess okay they're each individually set up in the station and then there's like one and then there's a round table in the middle and then another one like a waiting table and this girl, her station's piled up. She's got shit everywhere. Best part, I'm literally, I'm sitting there. She has her phone down and she's like texting and talking on the phone. And then she'll stop, text text to talk on the phone. And then, and I'm like, oh my God. And then last time I went there, she kept trying to upgrade me. She was like, oh, you don't want gel polish on your feet? you're going to have to sit here and wait. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't want gel polish on my feet. And then she was like, you want manicure? And I'm like, no, I don't want manicure. Okay, well, I'm going to have to leave these cubicles. And I'm like, I just personally, I do not get a manicure with getting gel polish every two weeks because one, I don't like the lotion. Two, their services suck. It's virtually just paying 15 extra dollars for them to literally put lotion on my hands and I have rings on an Apple watch and they don't even do the massage. So it's like, why would I do that? Because whenever they do your nails and file them, the cuticle comes right off anyways. Like it comes right off. So I'm just like, no, like that's a nice way for you to try to upgrade me, but no. And, um, I don't know. She just, I sit down and she's like, you don't want me to, you don't want a manicure. Like, no. Do you want a pedicure? No. Um, and <laughs> I just think that it's just so funny. And like, she just does such a bad job. Oh, she combs her hair too. She brushes her hair in the middle of the service. Love that. Um, she just causes me so much anxiety. And like, <laughs> this is the second time that I had her. And so now I'm going to start telling them like, hey, I want to go to somebody else other than her. Because like, she didn't really shape them. So I had waited three weeks. And so I had like filed them down, but I still wanted them like shaped a little bit nicer. She didn't shape them, nothing. And I was like, oh my God, whatever. But overall, I was very happy with the color that I got. I got OPI bubble bath. You guys should try it. It's very light pink. Um, I like the nudes. I go in between the nudes and the bright summer colors and then like the light nudes and the bright summer colors. I don't know. It just, I feel like it's very fitting and I just really, really, really enjoy it. But 
Anyways, I feel like they, you go into the nail salon and they try to upgrade you for your service, but then they don't want to do the service and they want to get your money. And I'm like, no, ma'am, not today, Satan. Not today. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe I'm just being cheap. I don't know. Either way, I walk out with the what I like and I pay the price that I want. And at the nail salon, you have the choice to do that. So um, I wanted to talk about, obviously, we're going to talk about our um, family trauma that we have. So a couple weeks ago, about two months ago, I had decided that I wanted to, I was kind of ready for whatever was going to come with forming a relationship with my brother. Um, My brother is seven years younger than I am. So he is 18 now. And he um, is autistic. And virtually, I don't know if I've ever like blatantly came out and said anything, but I basically raised him. Um, I took him to school, packed his lunch, gave him baths, used to feed him, used to take him to swimming lessons, used to take him to therapy, occupational therapy. I was in charge of those things. And virtually my mom, um, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, I feel bad for saying this, but like from the time that I got into high school from about ninth to 12th grade, she didn't do shit. Like basically once I was old enough to turn 15 and I could have a driver's permit and basically once I got my driver's permit, like it was like, okay, now you're in charge of going to the grocery store and you're in charge of doing everything and you're in charge of taking your brother to school. Like I was in charge of virtually everything. And so that was my role in the family is that I took care of everybody else and nobody took care of me. So that's just what I'm going to say about that. I do not feel bad about that because that is the truth, but it is kind of hard for people to understand because people are like, where are your mom? Well, my mom, she didn't get out of bed. And that's the thing. I don't know if it was laziness. I don't know if it was the prescription pill addiction. I don't know if it was trouble with the disc in her back. I don't know what it was. And that's not my place to say. Um, I do think it's interesting. I would like to know later on, but I don't know. And that's the God's honest truth. So I decided I was going to call him and have a chat. And I just really, you know, um, I was nervous about this. I'd kind of been putting it off because um, you guys know, like my mom had ended up blocking my number, my cell phone number from my grandma's phone, who was in the nursing home, my dad's phone, her phone. And I just felt like that she would block my number with my brother because I felt like that would be the last straw for me. And that would just piss me off to the point of no return. And so, you know, one day I just finally decided to do it. And, you know, we had a good conversation and, you know, I was like, how are you doing? I know your birthday's coming up. You know, I was ready to reach out and like send a card and send a gift in the mail. And, you know, I was ready to kind of take the steps forward. And I was really hoping like now that he's 18, like he's not away from my my mom, but like, maybe he will be able to see my side and you know he was like oh I wish I could see you know Macy our daughter or whatever and I was like yeah maybe one day you can like um so in regards to that so we had a good conversation I felt good about it and then I received a call from my oh my god I you know and I'm gonna I'm gonna sidestep a little bit from the story. I have officially changed my parents' names in my phone. It used to be 
mom and dad, and now it's their first and last name because I don't really think that they earned the title. Like, I really don't. I do not. I don't, th- I don't look at them as mom and dad. Like, I was thinking about this today is like, I virtually view my mom as an acquaintance. She's not a friend. She's not family. Like, I'm happy with her being an acquaintance. So anyways, back to the story. He has to call me on the text now app because my mom blocked my number. So I originally called my brother on the text now app and he wasn't answering. So then I called him for my number to see if it would ring and it did. And that's when he answered. But my dad had to call me back on the text now app. And he then decided that he was going to invite me to my brother's graduation and birthday celebration. Here's the kicker. This graduation and birthday celebration is a week and a half away once they told me. We live 11 hours from there and I have a three-year-old and we have a dog. (laughs) And I have a working husband who's an active duty military member. (sighs) You know, I was so thankful. And in that moment, you know, in that moment, I immediately was like, I'll think about it. But, you know, I told my husband, like, I really want to go. I don't want to miss it. Like, this is a once in a lifetime experience. You only graduation, you only graduate high school once. And, okay, so then talking to my dad and I say, I don't know if I'll be able to make it. And he said, you can just tell your brother about it. He told me where it was and the time. And then, like, this is the big kicker. In the background, my mom, she's on the phone And she's listening and she was like, oh, tell her I'm not mad. Tell her I'm not mad. Okay, no, no, no. I said, if I do come, I do not want any drama. Nobody will talk badly about me or Jonathan in front of Macy. Nobody. And they said, he said, well, I understand. And I said, okay, well, I'm not sure. I'll let Brantley know. That's my brother's name. And I'll let him know. And then we'll move forward. Then in the background, my mom's like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Tell her I'm not mad. And like, I don't, here's the thing. It's to some people who, to me, it was an olive branch, but I've been through this a million times with her. And that just pissed me off because I don't really give a fuck if you're mad. I never did anything wrong with you other than to choose to go back to Texas with my daughter and my husband, whom I'm committed to my life to, whom I wanted to make my marriage work. And because you didn't approve of that, therefore you did malicious things like take the car away, turn my phone off without letting me know. You made um, life after birth miserable. So I really do not give a fuck in all caps. Okay. So you know what? And I was like, and so I thought about it and I told my husband, like, I really, really want to go, but it's not an easy trip. It's like one, the money aspect of driving 11 hours. Like we're spending a lot of money for hotels, food. We have to find somebody to watch our dog. We have to travel there. And then it's like, at this point, this was like the rise and peak of the gas prices in America. Literally they were five dollars a gallon almost over so and you know like as the time came I just really decided after talking to my therapist I really decided that I was not ready to go because I was not ready to face my mom and you know before that I came to the conclusion like I just need to call her and I just need to have a conversation with her it'll be very awkward it'll be very um 
awkward for me to show up there and not have, you know, um, any conversation. And I really, you know, I thought maybe we could go there and we work it all out and hug it out. But you know what? Like then the, the logical side of me was like, no, like I need to have boundaries with my mom. And I think some of the things that were my boundaries that I came to realize is like, if she doesn't agree to go to therapy with me and talk about our relationship and our past and try to be, to improve our relationship, there's no more. Our relationship is done. If she cannot prove to me that she will be there through the thick and thin, I'm not talking about, oh, I'm coming into town to come and see you. No, I'm talking about you come to Georgia whenever my husband is deployed and you stay and you clean and you help me like a grandparent should and you be the mom that you you never got to be the chance to be. You do that. You don't just show up whenever it's convenient for you. She can't do that. I don't want any part of it. And here's the deal about me going there is that my daughter will be put in a situation of all these people she's never met. And then it becomes a boundary of nope. She doesn't have to tell you that she loves you. Nope, she doesn't have to give you a kiss because you're her grandma, but she doesn't know you. Nope, she doesn't have to give you a hug. Nope, she doesn't have to do anything she doesn't want to do. So not only am I putting myself in a different difficult situation, then I'm putting my husband in a difficult situation and our daughter. And I think the biggest thing that I came to realize is that I'm scared of giving my mom another chance because now that I'm a mom, like, okay, I don't know how to describe this. I feel like everybody feels this way about their kids, but I imagine, okay, picture a lion documentary and I am a lioness and my daughter is a sweet baby cub. I will literally murder everybody's soul for her. Okay, no doubt about it. I will protect my young and like, I am that kind of mama. Like, and part of breaking generational curses is protecting your children from the something that you went through. So why would I openly expose my child to somebody who cannot keep their word to me my whole entire life, but then expect her to keep her word to my daughter? Makes no sense. Makes no sense at all. And you know what's the saddest part is like my daughter has this stuffed animal. It's like a reindeer. We've got it a while and she calls it grandma. And I'm like, she knows what that word means. She just hasn't put it together. She's not old enough to know, like, I don't have grandparents like other people do. My husband's, uh, his parents have passed on. So now it's like just my parents. She's not old enough to realize, like, I don't have grandparents. Why does everybody else have their grandparents? But I don't, you know? And so I'm scared to give my mom another chance because, um, one, if she were to not keep her word to my daughter, I will literally lose it. There will be no coming back for me. And, you know, I think also it's hard putting yourself in that situation because if she were to hurt my daughter, I know that would be the end for me. But I feel like I'm at the point in my life I'm happy with keeping them at a distance. It's been three years. I think about her very often, but I'm still really mad. I'm still processing everything. I'm like, this sounds so crazy, but I don't care. I, I, no, I do care, but I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Um, the, the way that Cal Lair, Cal, Kale Lowry talks about her mom on her podcast is kind of the way that I feel about mine. 
Um, I like having no communication. No, I like having the distance because I'm processing all of my trauma growing up. And like every kid has trauma, whether your parents were the best or not. We always have these things. But I think it's different whenever we get older and we're like, wow, you it wasn't just trauma. It wasn't because you didn't work through things that you didn't work through. It's just because you fucking suck. It's just because you're lazy. It's just because you simply don't care. And like, I feel like that if she were to mess up this time after so many chances, there will, the hatred, the hatred would be so much. And I feel like my therapist is like, for you to hate somebody, you have to love them. I don't necessarily think that. I don't think that at all. I do not think that you, for you to have hated somebody, you had to love them. No, I think that you were hurt by them. I think that that's your burden to carry, that you were hurt by them. And you have to work through things. And I'm a very analyst. I need to know why things happened. I need to know every single detail. I am that kind of gal. Like whenever I work through my traumas, I have to I had to live the situation over and over and over again. Not necessarily like what was the weather like, but it's like, how was I feeling? How did I let this go on if I felt like it was my mistake? What were they going through? What do I think they were doing? What do I think happened? It's not making excuses, but I'm just very detail-oriented because I need to know like, okay, these are the things that I could have done. These are the things that they could have done. But sometimes it doesn't work like that. And it's very hard to move forward with your family if they can't sit there and say, I have made a mistake. I am sorry. Never heard those words from my mom. Every time we've ever disconnected and reconnected, disconnected and reconnected, it was, let's just shove everything under the rug. I'm your mom, so you give me that respect. And I don't view her like that role anymore. She's simply an acquaintance. So you get what you give to me. And, you know, I'm just, I'm not ready and I'm not afraid to say that I'm not ready. And um, I remember a long time ago, my brother had called me, our family dog, um, sweet Emma, had gotten ran over. Trigger warning, um, she had gotten run over by a car. He was very, very, very upset. And I had told him I'll call him tomorrow. And I guess I never did. And then... You know, I later found out that, um, you know, people looked down upon me because I told him that I would call him the next day and I didn't follow through and that was upsetting to people and I'm sure was very highly talked about. But here's the thing. It's not like I was doing it maliciously, but how do you think I feel? I have a baby. I have a two-year-old. Um, I work. What, you know, like, what are the things that I was doing? I was doing my phlebotomy certification. I was doing my certified health education specialist certification. I'm studying. I'm doing all these things. Like, how about you give me a break? Like, you expect, and that's the other thing is, like, my family has always expected me to give them a break and go easy on them. But, like, when it comes to me, like, they, like, give me the hammer and, like, the handcuffs for, like, messing up. Like, this is just a prime example. Like, my mom can literally block my number on my grandma phone and my dad's phone but like because I forget to call over a situation and I haven't spoken to him in years like then it's my fault 
And, you know, I do regret deeply not having a relationship with my brother, but I always felt like my mom was in the background putting things into his head. And it's really hard because I feel like I don't want to be fake towards my family. And I really feel like there's no transparency because I have to watch everything that I say and do because it's scrutinized under a magnifying glass. So here we are in another situation. My brother's graduation is coming up. They have told me about it probably a month in advance. Um, Here's the thing. I'm probably not going to go. It's not because I'm being mean. It's not because I'm being bitchy. But guess what? You told me a month in advance. Takes a lot of money to get down there. Takes a lot of time and money. Our three-year-old doesn't sleep in hotels. We also have a dog. And guess what? My husband's going to be gone for two weeks for training. And I'm not going to travel 11 hours by myself to walk into a situation that I have no support. No support for my daughter to help me with the burden of traveling with her. Now listen, it's different if we're going to Disney World. I would pack her up and go to Disney World any given day because guess what? I know what to expect there. I know that it's just going to be her and I. I know it's not going to be an emotional experience. That's a positive experience. What we're walking into is the lion's den. I'm already going to be stressed. I'm already going to be overwhelmed. I'm already going to be frustrated. My husband's going to be gone. I mean, a lot of adjustments happen for military spouses when their spouses leave, even just for two or three weeks. It's a huge adjustment. Um, you go like, you know, not only with the kids, but, you know, then it's just you, just you to depend on. And, you know, I feel bad for not going, but you know what? I feel happy about protecting my peace. And like this situation has taught me like I have to protect me even though it makes me look like the bad guy to the outside. Because at the end of the day, who goes to sleep at night? Who can look themselves in the face and say that I made the right decision? Because I do not feel bad about that. I don't. I really don't. And you know, like, we're all here working through our family trauma. We're all here. And like, I know people have experienced so much worse than I have. But you know what? Like, that doesn't make it any less insignificant. Like we're trying to move past these things and I hope for one day that we can have a positive reconciliation. I pray to God about it a lot, but you know, sometimes, um, you know, if people can't give you what you give them 50% of the time, then probably the relationship's not going to work because it's exhausting giving and giving and giving to somebody and them not being, um, authentic and, um, you know, picturing the glass where you can see it through, it's not on the same level. And it's just frustrating. So, you know, I hope my experiences can really help somebody later on in life realize like it might look it, you know, here's the thing is like, let's not forget that my, um, my mom also has blasted my name all over Facebook she has um, told people on Facebook, you know, she was married before. You should ask her about that. And like, I'll do another podcast about that. That That is a very, very hard situation for me. Um, but virtually that situation was she kind of pushed me to marry somebody um, whenever I was a sophomore in college. I was 19. Um, the whole situation was very made light of. 
Um, virtually, he ended up leaving with the marriage certificate, never turned it in, and virtually never seen him again. And you know what I did? I put pulled my bootstraps up and, you know, I went and finished my junior year of college and moved into my first apartment my junior year. Um, so, you know, for her to post that all over Facebook, like, that's such an embarrassing time for your for your daughter, for you to go on Facebook and blatantly post that. And then it's like, she also was, you know, making jabs at my marriage. Like for you to make jabs at your, like your daughter's marriage, that's who she has a child with. Like, I get it. Not everybody gets along with their mother-in-law or father-in-law or whoever. But at the end of the day, that's none of anybody's fucking business. If we're keeping it and moving and we're happy and we're breaking generational curses, shut up and get the fuck out of our face. Like we're doing, I'm so happy with my husband and where we are and how we parent and how we're navigating life and how we are in sync with each other. I'm happy for that. That's none of anybody's fucking business. Like it's different if he was being abusive, you know, and all this. It's different. It's just fucking different. Like why do people have, you know, I think it all comes down to this and I'm not going to blatantly say this, but I am going to blatantly say it. She doesn't like the fact that he's African-American and I'm white. And I think that's exactly what it comes down to. She's made many, many comments about this. Um, But um, there's more to touch on um, about my past relationships, my first marriage. Um, It wasn't even a first marriage. Honestly, we got married in the church, quote unquote. Um, But we never signed the paper. So legally, we just went and filed for a marriage certificate. But if you never file it, it expires after like 60 or 90 days. And it never even happened. So you good, queen. You know what I'm saying? So if you really not sure that you want to marry somebody, you go and file for a marriage certificate, but don't turn it in. And then if shit goes downhill in three months, you're like, oh, sorry, I shredded it. (laughs) Um, Not that proposing your love in front of God is (laughs) much better, but... Um, you know, we all make mistakes and we keep it moving. So, um, yeah, I mean, I hope people can learn from this and we can continue to keep things rolling in a very positive direction. And keep in mind, do not let these nail salons try to up you for your money, but don't give you the service queen. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. All right. But until next time.